The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes and their families since 9-11. Hero first responders and service members who serve our communities and our country. Those who die in the line of duty or are catastrophically injured. Veterans who fought for our nation's freedom only to return home, fall on tough times, and become homeless. Heroes like Buffalo, New York firefighter Jason Arno and his family. Arno was killed while protecting his community, battling a warehouse fire. He left behind his wife and a young daughter. In their darkest hour, Tunnel to Towers provided Arno's wife and daughter with a mortgage-free home. The foundation lifted a financial burden, enabling them to stay in the home where they made memories with their hero. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. Support the families of America's greatest heroes, the families of fallen first responders like Jason Arno, plus Gold Star families with young children, catastrophically injured service members, and homeless veterans. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that has historically delivered sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. Hey, it's Wilfred O. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show, everybody. On this episode, we have a first-timer. Anna Perez is with us. Welcome, Anna. She is the host of Wrong Think on LFA TV. And we have a lot to talk about, Anna. Um, let, let's yeah, start thank with you this. so much for having me. Let's start with this. Uh, is the country doomed? I'll just give I'll give you one. We'll start at the 30,000 foot level. How do we fix this mess? 18 percent of people now, according to Gallup this week, think that America is in a good place. Everybody else is like, this is not going well. Yeah, well, I talked about on today's episode of my show, Wrong Think, uh, how a lot of Americans are waking up to the reality, which is that our government operates against us. They, they are not here working in our favor. And what could be more telling of that than what happened to Tara Reid just recently, where she decided that she was safer in Russia 
than she was here in the United States. Now, why was she safer there? Well, because she's a whistleblower against the Biden regime, of, of course. And what we're seeing now, and I think a lot of Americans are waking up to it. Obviously, the government has been, you know, weaponized against the American people for a very long time. We saw it with Julian Assange. We saw it uh, with Snowden. We saw it with tons of people in the past. But now it's becoming very, very obvious under Joe Biden that should you dare uh, say anything that goes against him, you will face the consequences. You will face the wrath of the deep state. We saw it with January 6th as well. All the people who are wrongfully imprisoned uh, as a result of protesting that day. It's just such a mess and it could not be more obvious. So I think even a lot of Americans, even on the left, uh, because there is a a, a group of, I think, anti-government, anti-establishment, I should say, more than anything, uh, leftists that are very dissatisfied with the government. Similarly, you see a lot of people on the right who are obviously against the government. They're not totally happy with what they've been doing. They haven't been for a while. So you see a lot of anti-establishment groups rising on both the left and the right. So that doesn't surprise me that only 18% of Americans are actually happy with the government. I think both sides can see right now uh, how terrible it is because it's scary. Even if you don't, even if you liked Joe Biden, even if you liked whoever was president, the reality is once they reach a certain level of control or, or power where they can just up and decide that uh, you're, you're a, uh, a, a domestic terrorist, uh, if they have the power to do that, then who's to say that the next president won't do that? Or who's to say that the, the next regime won't do that? It's very scary. And so I, I don't know, as far as whether I think we're doomed, I think that there's a lot we could be doing. I think a lot of people say, oh, okay, well, we need a civil war right now. Well, there's a lot of steps we could be taking to fight some of the you know power hungry elites that we haven't taken yet. So we haven't quite reached the level where I think a civil war is necessary. And by the way, when I say civil war, I don't mean like everybody engaging in like, you know, a uh, 19th century style, like civil war like, that we already have. I mean, you know, it would be a little bit different. Obviously it would look different. I think it would be more people yeah, well, moving. Pe- people talk states. about the people talk about national divorce, for example, which yeah. I think is more along the lines, which would be a, a process of, political separation because of the bifurcation of the country into increasingly uh, two visions that seem to be not just different in their means, but different in their ends, a fundamentally incompatible view of the relationship between a citizen and state. Yeah, that's that's true. And I think a lot of people, when they say, oh, we might need a civil war, uh, idiots you know, across the country, like, be like, are like, oh my goodness, you're calling for war, you're calling for violence. No, idiot. Like, obviously, when we say there could be a civil war, we mean that there would be obviously people going separate ways, deciding like, hey, are we going to break up as a nation? Uh, it, it's it's a different. To your point, it would be much. It would look much different than the way it sounds. But I, I don't think it's necessarily out of the question. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think we've exhausted every single. Uh, you know, thing we every single tactic we could use to get this country back to where uh, it needs to be for sure. So, on the issue of, uh, we can get into a little bit of Trump DeSantis stuff, but I want to start with the birthright uh, citizenship thing that Trump has brought up. If essentially saying that if he wins the presidency again he will end with an executive order birthright citizenship on day one. Um, how, do, how do you view this? You're a, a Latina American, right, uh, as well as being a conservative. Do you think this is, one, the right political move for Trump at this stage, and two, is this something that could withstand 
the obvious lawsuits that will come in the court, meaning is Trump on the right side of it constitutionally? So there's the political component and the constitutional component. Right. Well, I think he's on the right side politically, and I think he's doing exactly what we were hoping he would have done actually when in his first term. I will say this, as far as his political journey goes, I think he had the right message in 2015, 2016, uh, when he started talking about the border problem and the migrants that were just walking right through our border. And I think a lot of Americans were excited to see that somebody actually spoke about this issue with fearlessness. And, you know, he was unafraid of being called all of the racist labels that they placed on him. Um, but I think in 2020, that election year, I, I think it, to the fault of the people that he was surrounded by, really, the advice they were giving him, they sort of talked him out of, of continuing this whole, um, you know, uh, this, this whole uh, campaign strategy of talking about how we have this border crisis, which we do. And he started to almost kowtow a little bit to the left. He was, it seemed he was scared a little bit of these racist labels, not personally, but the people around him uh, advising him didn't want him to be as stringent on the border issue as he had in the past. And I think that, in fact, it's not really my opinion. It's a fact. It definitely hurt him with the white male vote in particular. And I think this is great to see that he's kind of refocusing himself on an issue that obviously a lot of Americans care about. And he seems to be kind of bringing back the same energy from 2015, 2016 about that. I absolutely think we should end birthright citizenship. And I'm not the only one. Plenty of Americans, be them, be whether they're a Latino, white, you know, black, whatever, we're sick and tired of seeing this country being overrun by a, you know, illegal aliens. But then, of course, their offspring, which we all know there are plenty of pregnant women uh, that wind up walking through here giving birth. They reap the benefits of the state. Okay, they 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 mooch off of our government and they really give nothing else in return. Uh, I don't think this goes for, far enough. I think we need a border moratorium. Uh, but to your point, uh, politics is, what do they say, the, the art of the possible. And I don't necessarily know if this is something that's going to actually uh, work out. I think the idea is there. I think it's a great idea. And like I said, I don't think it goes far enough. I hope to see more, um, you know, more happen, like a moratorium in addition to the ending birthright idea. However, yeah, he's going to face a lot of opposition, not just from the left, but a lot of, you know, milk toast Republicans that I'm sure will get right in his way, a lot of lawsuits that he'll be dealing with. So we'll see if it's possible. I don't know um, if it really will be, but politically, it certainly is the right idea. So don't answer this yet, Anna. I'm, we're we're going to do a tease, what they call a tease in the business, right? Do you already have a candidate on the Republican side that you're supporting? Or are you waiting to see? When I say don't answer this, sorry, let me clarify. Don't tell me which one yet. But have you already chosen your guy or gal, it could be, in the primary? Or are you waiting to see? I've definitely uh, oh. decided. I've decided. Okay, okay. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get to who you have chosen and why in just a moment. The team at My Pillow got to talk to you about this for a second. You know the Giza Dream sheets have done amazingly well. Their slippers, their pillow products, uh, there's so much that they have that are absolutely fantastic. But their newest and latest offer is on their six-piece towel set. It's made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent. Still provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. You want that fresh towel that you get, that kind of hotel towel feel? Uh, you're going to get it with the six-piece towel set. And you probably have old towels in your house. You need to replace them. And upgrade them, and that's what you can do with the six-piece towel set. Now, I just got a, I just got a, uh, a piece six-piece set myself. You should get some. Just have it on hand. Great for guests too. You know, just to have that six-piece set ready to go. For a limited time, you get this set on clearance for twenty-five dollars with my first name as the promo code Buck. 
two bath towels, two hand towels, two washcloths. Typically, this retails for $99.98. Get it over 70% off when you use promo code BUCK. To find this offer, just go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener special square. Get this clearance price of $25 on the towel set. The deal will not last long. Enter promo code BUCK for that $25 deal. All right, Anna, who is your guy for the GOP for 2024 and why? Yeah, well, as it stands for me, it's definitely Donald Trump. Um, And the reason why that is, is because even though there are some ideas that I like, uh, even not just from the GOP primary, like I look at somebody like, you know, Robert F. Kennedy, for example, and uh, his whole stance on the vaccine, I'm very anti-vax, so I appreciate that. However, when you look at candidates holistically, that's what's really going to matter. Just because they have one great idea doesn't mean uh, that they're going to be great and everything else. We've seen his Second Amendment takes. Not happy about that. He's not very pro 2A. Really, the only thing I like about him is is, is the vaccine, uh, his stance on that. And as far as the GOP candidates go, really the deciding factor for me is how how is their foreign policy? And really the only person who has outwardly said that they will stop um, you know, shilling for Ukraine is Donald Trump. If you listen to Mike Pence, if you listen to Nikki Haley, if you listen to Ron DeSantis, they seem to be uh, very, very focused on their our foreign allies, as they like to call them. Nikki Haley even said that putting Ukraine first is actually putting America first. Well, no, it's not. Mike Pence was also in support of continuing uh, to give billions of dollars to Ukraine. And then you look at Ron DeSantis, who, you know, just went to Israel using our tax dollars to sign an anti-free speech bill into law in Florida. How is that in any way America first? So I'm very concerned about this country heading towards a World War III. I think Donald Trump is the only one who can truly stop that. And we can, you know, we can infight over all of these issues. I know there's a lot of fighting uh, going on between Ron, uh, Ron DeSantis supporters and Trump supporters. But the reality is here is, do you guys want to be alive, okay, in the next, during the next presidential term? Because if Joe Biden's president, again, I don't know if that's going to be the case, all right? I think we'll definitely be involved in a World War III that could end very, very badly for the United States of America, okay? I'm just being honest here. Um, if you look at our military, I believe, I want to say it's like, uh, 16 to 20% women, and the Russian military is like 4% women, okay? Now, that's just a small example of some of the issues we're going to face if we decide to engage in a war, which Joe Biden might actually get us in. We have to understand that is a very real threat. And if you have Nikki Haley or Mike Pence or Ron DeSantis, it might end up the same way for us. We might end up, once again, uh, being the, the butt of the joke as it pertains to our foreign allies, as they like to call them, when in reality, all that it's going to do by helping these people is hurting, is you know, it's just going to wind up hurting this country more. Uh, so, and, and again, it's not even just Ukraine. It's the fact that we give so much money to Israel. We're giving money to so many countries. A lot of people like to focus on Ukraine as though that's the only issue. No, there's a lot of countries that we endlessly give aid to, foreign aid, countries that would love nothing more than to see the United States collapse, or will certainly, you know, help us in, uh, or make us uh, be in a worse off state if we continue to support them. Because the world is a very complicated series of alliances here. And anybody who just outwardly says, Russia's bad, Putin's bad, obviously doesn't understand that. So I'm really sick of the rhetoric from, you know, milquetoast GOP candidates that are just, you know, falling in line with the left. Uh, They obviously don't understand how complex the situation is. And they also don't understand how dire the situation is. And anybody who supports them clearly doesn't either. 
funny. I mean, technically, I'm hosting. I was going to raise my hand. Like, can I ask you a question? <laughs> so that happens. I was I'm like, sorry. wait, wait, hold on. I have a question. When um, you start, as you know, when you host a podcast, like you start to go off and you like forget that you're on another show. No, no, no. I totally, I, look, I do three hours there no. radio. I just thought it was funny though. Cause I was like, excuse me, wait, I want, you know, a lot of people just start, <laughs> oh, I'm going to talk over you. Um, no question though. What should, I mean, I assume this would be, it's another version of asking the question, what should Donald Trump, cause he's your preferred candidate. Um, what should his Ukraine policy be? But what is the Ukraine policy that you would want to see Donald Trump articulate as part of his 2024 run, given, I mean, when you're talking about World War III, you're obviously very concerned about it. I want to withdraw any support we have immediately. I want to see uh, no talk absolutely at all of any American support. Not even, There are boots on the ground right now. Nobody talks about that. They act like we haven't engaged formally in a war. And yeah, we might not have declared formally that we're in a war, but I would like to see all of our support withdrawn so all, right now. All, money, all of it. See, see this, this is what this is interesting, because usually when I have people on, they're critical of the GOP policy on this. And, and I... I think, for example, like Lindsey Graham, I really do believe he's a warmonger. I think he gets some pleasure yes. out of, um, you know, going on cable news and trying to sound tough about wars that he'll never fight, having never fought in a war himself anyway, even when he could have when he was younger. Um, but put that aside for a moment. Uh, I, I feel like we have people that say, well, I don't like the policy with regard to Ukraine. But I say I, I've asked people, I said, OK, so we cut all funding. They go, well, yeah, I don't know if I want to cut all funding. That's well, I go, okay. Well, then what? What do you want, right? So you are, to be clear, I don't know if the last person I've I've heard uh, take this position. You think, and you would hope that Donald Trump would follow through on this same idea. All funding gone. Ukraine is on its own. That's where you want to be. I don't necessarily that- believe he'll do it, but I think he'll come close, um, close enough. Uh, and I think the real issue here is that, you know, Zelensky needs to work out his issues with Putin. We should never have gotten in the way. Uh, this is bec- becoming very complex. Obviously, we need to get out of the way. This is not even something that, like, if you look at past clips of Donald Trump speaking to Zelensky, his initial response to Zelensky is like, look, we gave you a little bit of what you wanted. So as you can see, you know, Trump is okay with helping them uh, to some degree. I forget what they gave to him exactly, but I know that they were helping Ukraine a little bit. And he was open about that. But he told he was very clear with Zelensky. I'm not giving you anything else. You need to work out your issues yeah. with Putin. It was like a, it was like a parent dealing with a child. Like, what, like what, one thing to- that I thought I thought was interesting, you know, when they used to hit Donald Trump all the time on, you know, he loves Russia so much. It's, you know, we don't have to get into that. Everyone knows that was Putin's puppet. <laughs> I debated uh, on on TV years ago Obama's national security director for Ukraine because I put because this is when Trump was president. And I pushed him Mm -hmm. on you, meaning the Obama administration and him specifically as an NSC advisor to Obama on Ukraine, refused to send the Javelin anti-tank missiles, refused to send the Dragunov sniper rifles, refused to send any lethal aid whatsoever because Obama was afraid of angering Russia. Trump actually did those things, which I think always gets lost. He did the thing that Obama was scared would piss off Russia too much. And between that and also blowing up 200 Russian paramilitaries, maybe it was 150 in the desert in Syria, not exactly what you would expect from uh, Putin's puppet. But on on the Ukraine issue, um, I think that, look, I'll tell you what I think is going to happen uh, very early on. And I said when the war started, the Russians are far more uh, formidable and relentless and willing to take casualties than anyone realizes right now. And this is going to keep going on and on and on because Ukraine is much more important to Russia 
then it's territorial integrity is to the West that remember we were going to crush them with the sanctions and that it's going to cost us a trillion dollars when all said and done. And I said that and said, that's crazy. Well, it's now like 160 billion or something, right? So I think a trillion yeah. is probably, probably where we are heading. I want to ask you about boycotts in a second and what you think about, I mean, there's a real moment here between Bud Light, Target, and, and now possibly the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm sure you, you probably saw this too, where the right seems to be awakened. I want, I want your take on more of this. You like this? Is this changing things? We'll get to that in a second. But, you know, first up, if there's an inkling in your mind that the disruptions around the world will have an effect on our economy and your life savings, <laughs> you're spot on. Don't ignore that little voice in your head. But it can take a while to see it all unfold. One oil producing country deciding to cut back on production or an expansion of a war like in Ukraine, which God knows what that'll do to the markets. It can cause a financial nosedive. So that's why the premise of owning gold right now at this time in our history is so important. Gold is good. The value and stability of both gold as an investment and a hedge against inflation has been proven over the course of time. So is my precious metals vendor of choice, the Oxford Gold Group. Since I started investing and speaking of Oxford Gold four years ago, their advice and direction has been proven right repeatedly. Gold and silver can be the protection for your portfolio, and it can also be used as currency, too. Why not have gold and silver on hand? I've had it for years. It's just a comfort to know that you've got real gold and silver on hand. Call the Oxford Gold Group. It's who I use. It's who I trust. The call is free, and the people on the receiving end of your call are knowledgeable and trustworthy. 833-430-BUCK. That's 833-430-BUCK. Or you can go online to OxfordGoldGroup.com slash buck. They make it easy. They've been at this a long time. They can arrange for an easy, discreet delivery to your home. 833-430-BUCK, 833-430-2825. All right, Ms. Anna Perez, the Target boycott that is underway, the Bud Light hammering that has already taken place. Do you like this? Is this the way? Should we see more of this? Where is it all going? Yeah, I think we need to see more of this. But, you know, what I'm really sick of seeing, because a lot of conservatives can see this and they say, OK, well, I'm not going to shop at these companies anymore or I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to buy this product. OK, that's great. But then what we see a lot of and this is really pissing me off is people in the public in the public sphere still acquiescing to these companies. Like, for example, Anthony, I think his name's Anthony Bass. Uh, he was the player for the Blue, the Toronto Blue Jays. He yeah. just came out and said that he's Sorry for, uh, you know, say for his anti LGBTQ rhetoric regarding these companies. And it's like, why is it that people are like, we all know, Anthony, that you're not supportive of this. Like, that's obvious or else you wouldn't have said anything to begin with. So you look like an idiot. You look like a loser, a beta male by standing there and being like, actually, I'm sorry. I didn't think about how terrible this would be for the LGBTQ community. Like, just double down on what you're saying or don't say anything at all. Like, I'm so sick and tired of seeing people being scared, especially men. It's it's disgusting seeing it from men. It's like, why do I have bigger balls than this male, you know, when it comes to standing up to these things? I don't understand that. It's sad. And until we finally see people in the public sphere, like, uh, you know, actually putting principles before money, because the reason why he did that, obviously, was because he was, he, I'm sure that there was talk of him losing his job had he not apologized, right? It was an official statement to my understanding. Uh, so it, it's just, it's so sad to see people put money before principles because that's why he did it. And, and we're not going to see this being put to an end until people who are actually out there in the spotlight 
kind of going along with this too, but they're satanic. They don't care about anything. They just want money. I mean, that's really how Hollywood is. That's how the entertainment industry is. It's not surprising. It's just disappointing. And it tells us that we're a very long way from actually solving this problem. Now, you may have seen this. Uh, actually, I think it just broke. You might not have seen it because it just broke today. You know, ESPN is at its headquarters going to be flying not the pride flag per se, but the pride plus trans flag, where I guess it's now just the trans flag. This is, and, and I have to wonder if we have seen with the NHL, for example, players get in trouble because they didn't want to wear uh, like a rainbow on the helmet or something, some, some symbol of support for pride month, which would be the rainbow flag. How long is it before players are required to support trans month? or a rather trans flag during pride month. I, I look, I I'm sure there's already a social pressure to do that. Uh, it, it's so sad too, because it's interesting how this happens. This is only really successful in the United States of America and in the West. Uh, I'm sure it happens in Canada all the time, but you look at a country, uh, I believe it was, they played the, uh, the world cup in Qatar. Uh, and they, they were making, they, they, I think they banned gay marriage there in general, and people were to show that our protest, uh, the American soccer team wore pride flags. We look like idiots to the rest of the world. And it's sad because this country is 70% Christian. Why is it that we're not allowed to stand true to on our religious values and all these other countries, uh, the, the, Qatar being Muslim, of course, uh, it's totally acceptable for them to, you know, be strong when it comes to their religious values. It's like, there's this, there's this expectation for Christians uh, to kind of bend to the will of the left, but nobody really expects that of Muslims. And, and that kind of pisses me off. I mean, obviously that's another country, but I'm just saying like, if this country were Muslim, I bet they wouldn't give them the same uh, issues that we that Christians in this country get. So I think really what it is, it's weak Christianity. And you're right, I think there's only a matter of time before a lot of these uh, teams are are basically forced to embrace transgenderism, which is a whole other level of mental illness. Uh, than even just the gay pride flag. But even the gay pride flag was enough. I mean, this is obviously a slippery slope. And as soon as you start allowing them to control what you do, uh, these corporations, as soon as they allow themselves, because that's what these, uh, you know, these, like these sports leagues are, right? And it's all about money at the end of the day. And I get that. But, you know, there's power behind that. If you stand up and say you're not going to go along with this, and like there was that one hockey player, he was, the, he was a Russian guy, I think, uh, he was he was Christian. He stood up against it when the NHL was trying to push the whole night of pride thing. He was like, no, I'm just not doing this. And he actually got a lot of support for that. So I think people would be shocked uh, to see what would happen if they all just decided I'm not doing this. There'd be a lot. There's a lot of people who are silently sitting here suffering because they don't want to speak out about it. And it's weak. It's weak Christianity. And I just think that we need to demand respect as Christians because this country is Christian. Nobody wants to say it. You look at our founding documents, you can find plenty of evidence of that. And you look at the fact that, again, 70% of this country does identify as Christian. The Los Angeles Dodgers component and the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. I want to uh, get your take on that, Anna, in just a second. But first up, life's a marathon and not a sprint, right? We all know that. So where and how do you get the energy to perform well during this marathon that we call life? Having the right biochemistry, the right nutrients and minerals and the right stuff in your body, it is essential. Helps a great deal. No one knows this better than chalk. Chalk is spelled with a Q, by the way. So it's C-H-O-Q. 
Their specially formulated male vitality stack is a combination of everyday supplements that provide you with the substance, that internal chemistry that you need to give you the energy, stamina, and focus to get the most out of every day. You and I know this, but it bears repeating. Testosterone in a man's body, it's a source of energy and drive, but over time, as you get older, it starts to wane. It's a natural phenomenon, but Chalk's male vitality stack includes a leading all-natural ingredient that replenishes your testosterone levels. Studies show that it can be up 20% in just three months' time, and you'll likely feel the positive effects much sooner than that. Subscribe to Chalk's monthly delivery of their male vitality stack. You do that online at chalk.com. That's C-H-O-Q, chalk.com. Get 35% off your subscription for life when you use my name, Buck, in the sign-up process. Chalk, C-H-O-Q.com. Use my name, Buck, for 35% off. You know, you were talking, you mentioned before, did you, I think you used the term demonic or satanic. And uh, I find myself, I, I, I'm a Catholic, but I, I don't do a lot of uh, religious talk on the air because I honestly don't think that I am in depth enough in my knowledge of it to be useful to a lot of people. And it's just not something that I, that is part of my, my bailiwick. Uh, that said, I do find myself using terms like demonic and satanic and citing the biblical Moloch and, and things like this, given some of the things we're up against. The Dodgers aren't just inviting, but are celebrating the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence and giving them an award. These are transvestites who are desecrating Christian symbols on public display as if that somehow moves the convert. It's fun and funny and moves the conversation forward about acceptance. I, I view it as the opposite of acceptance. And I, I wonder where you think the motivation for groups like that comes from. Well, that's the thing to your point, you know, I never really considered myself, you know, an expert on, I guess, uh, faith or religion or anything of that sort. I am Christian, but yeah, I, I'm the same way. I never really felt comfortable saying using those terms, demonic, satanic. In fact, I didn't really until recently because it's becoming increasingly more difficult to look at this thing as a reasonable thing, a reasonable movement that any human being would support. Tucker Carlson recently gave a speech at Heritage where he essentially said the same thing. This was right before he was fired from Fox. And he essentially stated, like, this is a battle of good versus evil. He doesn't talk about his faith really ever. In fact, he was making fun of himself, saying that he's not really qualified to talk about that sort of thing. Uh, but he said, when you look at this, these conversations, this isn't about politics anymore. We're not debating actual policy. This is about a, a spiritual issue that we're dealing with. The fact that there are groups like, to your point, the Dodgers in embracing this, the mocking of Christianity, there is something deeper going on here. And, and I'm not really, I, I'm not really one to say exactly what that is, but I certainly at this point in my career, seeing what I've seen, I do believe in spiritual warfare. And I, I'm starting to believe that there is something much more sinister going on. Um, and people are, you know, maybe being controlled by forces that we cannot see. And I know that sounds crazy. I know that sounds crazy, particularly to people who aren't Christian. Uh, they probably are like, well, you know, it's all about money. It's all about money. Well, yeah, but what is Satan ruled by? It's ruled by, you know, Satanism is ruled by greed. It's ruled by money. Uh, so even if you, even if you're not Christian, you can see that on, on, on the very basic level that these people are very controlled by money. Um, and so they're probably doing this in hopes on the surface level, at least, at least, in hopes that they'll be able to, you know, continue to get money from, you know, far left donors or people that are just, you know, it's it's a very complicated series of, of poli uh, 
series of alliances between, I would say, politics and big corporations. Um, but yeah, it's it's very interesting to me what's going on. And, and there really is no logical explanation. I will say this. I think they are overplaying their hand in a lot of these things. Like, for example, the whole Bud Light thing. Really? That was a smart business decision to have. You thought you were going to make more money by putting Dylan Mulvaney um, on the face of your of your company, Bud Light, for beer drinkers, you know, mostly straight men who just want to enjoy a cheap beer, okay? Or even look at sports, for example. The way that the LGBTQ movement has attacked sports is also insane to me. This is not exactly the right clientele to, you know, eat that sort of thing up. Like, this is literally just your average guy who likes to watch sports. Like, that's who you're going after. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. And it's like, you know, I understand that their goal is to make money. But again, I think they're just overplaying their hand at this point, And hopefully uh, that will backfire. If there was one thing I like to end the podcast this way, usually, Anna, despite all the fa- uh, the the challenges, the things we face, what makes you hopeful? Um, I have to say, I think Gen Z is uh, waking up to a lot of these things. I'm more a millennial. I, I was born in '97, uh, but uh, my I'm still very much a part of a generation millennials that bought into a lot of this leftist mindset of oh, we have to. Uh, buy into all of this BS. We have to acquiesce to a lot of it. I think millennials and baby boomers are mostly responsible for this. I think kind of Gen X kind of got lost in the weeds there. But uh, millennials have certainly been, uh, you know, the perpetrators of a lot of the stuff that we're seeing right now. And I think Gen Z is, you know, waking up. I think they're going to be the ones to clean this up. And I've seen a lot of, I've had a lot of uh, young, uh, young women and men on my show before, not just on this current podcast, but when I hosted a show at RAV, Real America's Voice, I used to have a lot of young kids on the show because it gave me hope and it gave the audience hope. And I heard a lot, I got a lot of emails from people saying, you know, I'm really glad that you're giving a voice to these, you know, 16, 17 year old kids, these patriots that actually have a good vision for this country. And I think they're, uh, and I actually, I think there's statistics to back this up where Gen Z conservatives are more conservative than millennial conservatives. And I think, you know, history is a pendulum. So that may not stay the case as generations go on, but I know that we need a generation that is, truly conservative, truly uh, stays true to their values in order to clean them up the mess that I think millennials largely created and baby boomers, of course, too. So, yeah, I hope that uh, I think that they give me a lot of hope when I see them stand up and get active. I, I mean, they are getting involved a lot younger than I did. So, um, I mean, I think that's really refreshing to hear them talk about that. Anna Perez, everybody, host of Wrong Think, which you should all check out. Yep. Anna, thanks so much for making the time. Great to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me on. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young children and builds specially adapted smart homes for catastrophically injured veterans, as well as work to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He's never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades in arms, nor the efforts of first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud foundation donor. Tunnel to Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. 
Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that has historically delivered sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.